This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Friday, July 15th, and today we're going to be looking at some recent notable slash big NBA and fantasy headlines, including DeAndre Ayton staying in Phoenix for now. We will also be looking at some notable summer league performances and whether they matter or don't matter when it comes to fantasy. I'm joined by Jonas Nader, Steve Alexander, the old waiver wire crew back. Steve, your head, your headset was like on the front of your face there. Very distracting. The old waiver wire crew back together on a Friday. What an occasion. I, I'm, I'm getting in-season nostalgia right now here, guys, in mid-July. Yeah, I haven't seen Doc in a minute. It's good to see you, Doc. Uh, initially, when you had your headset over your head, I was like, is he installing the Oculus? Is he going to go into the metaverse <laughs> for this podcast? <laughs> I, I don't understand what happened with my with my head, headset. Steve, I I'm reading it. my intro, and I look over, and Steve's like this. He's got like <laughs> one head, one set, one side of the giant headphones on his forehead, and like I'm just like, are you trying to distract me right now, Steve? Did that really happen? Oh, I think yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe there was. I'm just like w- w- the wheels are already off on this episode. <laughs> Less than two minutes. In. <laughs> oh, there's the party hat. Yep, big day. Big already. Yeah, big day. A little foreshadowing. Big birthday day. Don't let me forget, Steve. Don't let me forget. I'm sure you won't. All right, guys. Before we start, a quick programming note. We are going to a one podcast a week schedule we have been we have been going hard on the monday wednesday friday schedule all off season so far we're going to go to fridays only for the near future for a little bit of a summer uh not break what would you say summer uh i mean solstice solstice i'll go with that the nba is pretty much a full year league but i feel like august is like the only one that's like dead you know what i mean yeah August is yeah. kind of like when we get all of our draft guide prepping and content put out for the upcoming right. season. Uh, but other than that, I think we only have like the Kevin Durant news for August and Donovan Mitchell, yep. right? That's the only thing that's going to happen. So, yep. We're, oh, you, so forgot, we're take- you forgot Kyrie Irving, sir. True. True. Well, and, and we will be addressing those on our Friday podcast when those do happen. But as Steve said, we're taking a, a summer solstice here, Fridays only starting next week. So don't be but alarmed when probably- we're not here on Monday. Matt, that's going to go by in like, it's going to go by in the blinking blink of an eye because training camp's coming, preseason's coming. Yep. Like Jonas said, it's a year round operation now. So I have a feeling that just as we get comfortable with our summer solstice, it's going to be mm-hmm. back to full bore before we even realize it. Yeah. We may need to take this summer solstice opportunity to get in, get in the round of golf that we've been talking about for about 11 years, Steve. One of us uh, needs to get in a car and make it happen, dude. I'm I'm game. I mean, I'm always ready to go. You you yeah. were the one with the with the schedule that. I mean, you yeah. still have little kids. I mean, I I don't even have little kids anymore. I can really pretty much go do whatever I want whenever I want. Man. Amazing. So all you gotta do is be like, dude, be at uh, this golf course at this time, and I'll be there. 
Okay, this is going to happen. Look, be, check your fax machine. Keep it close by. Jonas, you may get a fax as well, but it's a longer drive for you. So Sounds good. Uh, also, we'll Jonas, it, it, was, it was nice uh, seeing you on Wednesday night. We worked together for the first time in, in quite a while. We had a blast, uh, an absolute blast. God, we had what a, a week for time. you guys. What a yeah. week for you guys. Wednesday night, Friday afternoon. This is what a, that's great to see. It's great, great to see. Time. See these guys lemonade. I feel like everything is really coming together here. A little cup of simply for the for the podcast. So we're in good shape, I think, as we start this off. And we're gonna start in Phoenix, where, as I'm sure you've heard by now, DeAndre Ayton is back with the Suns after they matched. The Pacers, massive four-year, $133 million offer sheet. So, Jonas, it's the status quo in Phoenix and Indy for now. And really, in terms of fantasy, you could argue it's a worst-case scenario for DeAndre Ayton, right? Yeah, I mean, I was really hoping to see him go to Indiana. He would have just feasted there. But did anyone else get a kick out of Shams' tweet where it was like, he said the Suns, quote, made clear throughout free agency that the franchise intended to bring Ayton back. No, they didn't. Right? Did they? No, this was a total surprise. Like ever since Game Seven, when Aiton was benched, and obviously he had some words after the game as well, like not getting the ball. Man, they never once made it clear. It was like they could have extended him last year. They could have re-signed him for probably a ten percent, fifteen percent discount when free agency opened, but they never did that because he was their Plan C. Like Kevin Durant was Plan A. Miles Turner's side and trade was plan B. And now they're stuck with an overpay for Aiden for $133 million. Now they're deep into the luxury tax. They probably mm-hmm. have an unhappy center, starting center. And they gave Landry Shamet, what, $40 million last year? And now they didn't have the cap space. It was just ridiculous. Like, Indiana kind of fleeced him here. I think Indiana did this. I don't think Indiana truly thought they were getting Aiden here, right? I think they just yeah, wanted to get I, this I wonder. With. I wonder what the reaction is like in that in that indie war room when when this yeah. gets matched. I, I would love to have seen the reaction. Yeah, but one note: Isaiah Jackson truthers rejoice. Like he still has a pulse. That's really He's good news. Good. But yeah, where where are you guys back to Aiden? Where are you guys taking Aiden now with this news? I Third? I'm just not. You know, I was arguing with one of my friends on Facebook. They're like, "Well, Phoenix has a chance to win it all, and they need to go. They need to." Do it while the window's open. And I was like, dude, they got knocked out in the first round last year. The year before that, it looked like they might win it all. But I feel like everybody can kind of agree that that was fluky. Chris Paul's like, what? How old is he, Matt? Like 46, 47? I think he's he's either 36 or 37. He had a birthday recently. Yeah, he's 37 now. He's old. I, I don't I don't see it, man. I, I think I think Phoenix is is toast. Now they can trade Aiton in January, and I keep seeing that fact being brought up in every article and everything that's written about DeAndre Aiton. So I don't know that he's locked into the Suns because there's all this trade talk in January. So I think the Pacers may still try to work something out in January for him. I think he could go somewhere else in January. I I just don't know, man. I'm, I don't, to answer your question, Matt, I'm not targeting DeAndre Ayton. We blistered him every year about the fact that he underachieves. He's only points and boards. He doesn't block enough shots. He doesn't do enough other stuff. And I don't see how that's going to change now that he's got $133 million in his pocket. Yeah. By the way, Phoenix second round, they knocked out the Pel. They beat, beat the Pelicans 
Oh yeah, loss. My bad to Dallas. Aiton, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like if I'm drafting him, I'm wishing for something. You know, I'm just like either I have to get some optimism for his blocks going after he only had 0.7 per game last year. That's the big category for me with him. If you told me right now he's going to get you one and a half blocks a game. Okay, great. Yeah, third round, a guy who's going to get me like 18 points, 10 rebounds, a block and a half, sign me up, safe, mm-hmm. you know, good percentages. But his blocks would have to double for that to happen. I mean, at this point, we should be happy with one block per game after what he did last year, Jonas. Yeah. For as big and athletic as athletic as he is, there is no excuse for him not being in that range already. I think it's just a question of motivation there. That's just honestly pathetic that he's not over one block a game at that size. Like, come on, dude. Seriously. Yeah, I, I, it's frustrating. This whole thing reminds me, like if you, if all of us were in a salary league right now and we're bidding on DeAndre Ayton, and I've the the clock's ticking, and I'm we're at the end. He's like a really high price, and I'm the Pacers, and I'm like, Bing, and I hit, I bid, and I'm like, oh no, why did I do that? Now <laughs> nobody else is gonna bid, and then you're waiting the clock, and it's like sold, yeah, and then. Five minutes later, the Suns come in and be like, oh, hey, I'll trade you the guy that I paid the same amount of money for right now. And I'm like, oh, you just saved me. That's sort of that yeah. scenario. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I mean, I, I just think I'm going to – it's not that I wouldn't draft Aiton in fantasy, but I think I'm going to have him far down enough on my board that I won't get him, if that makes sense. He's not, that makes sense, yeah. He's, he's not off my draft board, but I think I move him into like fifth round range. I just – there's just not a lot of excitement for me now, you know, and – with Indy, like you said, at least there was some unknown. You know, what what's this guy going to do on a new team? Maybe he can explode. Maybe he'll be featured more. Now it just feels like more of the we're lining up for more of the same, and maybe we'll get a few a handful more blocks. But again, you need a lot for him to be a real difference maker there because he only had point seven per game last year. I have a yeah. prediction. Jared is going to watch or listen to this podcast, and then he's going to decide that he's he's going all in on Aiton this year, and he Aiton will be the guy that we get text messages about every uh wednesday and friday night i like it i do think jared listens more often than not so jared let us know if steve nailed that prediction okay moving from phoenix to utah according to the athletic malik beasley and jordan clarkson are also available in trade talks for the jazz in addition to obviously donovan mitchell as we've talked about i'm just wondering steve are we trending toward a season this is a hypothetical but are we trending toward a season where you know guys like Nikhil alexander walker and maybe like jared butler and walker kessler are the featured guys for the jazz this this team is seems so determined to clean out the cupboard that we could have like a one of the more random teams with some actual potential fantasy gems on it or am i getting too far ahead of myself here or does this sound reasonable Jonas, does this? I'm going to let you say the last name because you're better at it than I am. Is this? Does this sound like a a Victor Wimbanyama tank situation? Is that absolutely? Do you, some, do you see some Vic in the who? Who we got? Who we got in the race for Vic right now? Okay, we've got. I got you. Thunder, the Utah Jazz. We've got the Oklahoma City Thunder. The the Jazz aren't there yet. The Jazz are trending in that direction. As long we've as Mitchell's got, on the roster, the Jazz we've are got still the San Antonio Spurs, the Rockets the rockets remember the rockets have brooklyn's picks in the future too that's really interesting to watch too go ahead jonas you, I'm, you go ahead and carry this carry this well thing. that's the that's the four teams right now that are locked into a tank you can throw in the pistons just because the roster is underwhelming right now obviously they have some really exciting young talent their future is great the magic still are a few pieces away from being in that playoff race too 
maybe the Hornets with that Bridges situation. There could they could be they could take a step back this year in a big way too. So there are probably five teams that are all in on the tank and like six to eight teams that are gonna like, you know what, let's go in and get this guy too. So I think we're gonna see the tank of the ages here. So yeah, I mean I, I just I'm I mean, we're not drafting yet, right? So it doesn't totally matter. But I'm just I'm starting to think about that jazz roster as sort of an incredible opportunity for some young players potentially. And I'll also put the name we're going to talk about him when we talk summer league. We don't need to get too far into him yet, but Quentin Grimes, there's reports via the athletic that the jazz would want Quentin Grimes back in a Mitchell deal with the Knicks. So that's a guy. If he lands in Utah, Mitchell's gone. These other veterans are gone. That, that could be one of the go-to guys for the jazz as well. So I don't know. This team is going to be really bad and potentially really interesting for fantasy. What yeah. about one more guy too, Jared Vanderbilt. Van, Vanderbilt. Right. Yep. No Steve, one's talking about Jared Vanderbilt. A 10th rounder in 25 like, minutes. Yeah, I've mentioned Vanderbilt. Steve's kind of, I feel like Steve's kind of down on our guy, Vando, these days. Vando's, Vando's out of Minnesota, baby. So, and, okay, and we're back. It, I mean, really, Matt, you bring up a great point because this Jazz roster is full of, and because Donovan Mitchell's gone, right? I don't think you have that way. this much trade talk. Yeah, and bring him back and have have everybody get along swimmingly. It just doesn't seem all that feasible to me. So there's a lot of guys on that roster that are going to be very interesting this year, and they're going to be cheap and they're going to be available at the end of your mm-hmm. at the end of your drafts. Like, could this be the year Nikhil Alexander Walker finally <laughs> finally does? anything something it could it could be i'm still worried about him having like a 37 percent field goal yeah. percentage calling oh. it now 35 points per game on 19 percent shooting <laughs> so i continue to be very intrigued by wa- rookie walker kessler that's just another name mm-hmm. and we haven't seen him play right he's got a toe injury that he hurt in camp or uh the combine or something as far as i know the only jazz game i watched it was the bruno caboclo show at center so Wow. Kessler, 4.6 blocks per game at Auburn last year. So watch out. Johnny Juzang was playing a lot in summer league, I know. Yeah, he I don't know if he did either. What a mess. What a mess the Jazz mess. are. They, what a they might mess. be the favorites right now to get to get Vic. By the way, okay. this Victor yeah. Wenbyama thing, like first time I really paid attention to him was when Jonas mentioned him about three, four months ago. Since then, I've been watching some some tape, doing some research. What this guy is going to be, he's going to take over the NBA. Dude, I can't wait. At 16, he was doing a 2v2 with Rudy Gobert, and Rudy Gobert just had no answer for him. It was it was amazing. Steve's grinding that Victor Wembanyama tape. I love it. Lo- well into the long hours of the night. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. A couple of injury updates uh, from Denver, and I believe these are from a Michael Malone interview recently during summer league on nba tv basically it sounds like both guys are going to be stuck somewhere in the 20 minute range 20 not 20 but in the 20s in terms of minutes to start the season jonas plus murray apparently according to the same interview is expected to sit out some games early coming off his knee injury i mean i don't want to overreact to one piece of july news but this certainly gives me some pause when it comes to both guys and i think even more so with murray so would you go so far as to say you're staying away from either or both as of now? Like, well, what's your reaction to hearing that news? Well, I know Doc's taking Michael Porter in the first round. That's a lock. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'm staying away from both. I feel like 
yes, these guys have upside. I mean, they were two years away from being second and third rounders, respectively. But I'm staying away from both. Like, how often does taking an injured player or someone coming off a major injury pay off? It's just very rare. So I'm staying away from both. Uh, I'm curious to see where Doc targets MPJ this year, if he even does it all. So let's see. I'll take him in the third round. I don't care. Also, okay. I, I I wrote those blurbs on Wednesday night when Jonas Jonas was uh, AFK. I think he took a took a nap or fell asleep or went to the ice went to the ice bucket. I, I'm not sure what he was doing, <laughs> but I I posted a couple Michael Malone updates on his injured players. Not really too much different than what he said before. Not anything earth shattering. The thing, the thing about Porter is at least he came out the other day and said, I feel like I'm 100%. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be a lot of risk involved with taking him. I don't know that they're going to – I think they're going to baby these guys for the first month and, and see yeah. how things go. And then hopefully after that, uh, everything returns to normal. But, yeah, it's too bad on Jamal Murray, the blue arrow, uh, that we can't trust him because he was – pretty reliable player before he got hurt and i think this year is not the year to draft jamal murray the chances of michael porter jr completely burning us two years in a row i feel like are not as high as well maybe they are high i don't know yeah i'm nervous i I don't know i don't i don't know if i'll take him or not but if i do it'll be in the third round i mean that injury history is scary his brother jante was a sick prospect as well and he's just now in the summer league after it's like his fourth year getting trying to get healthy like this is his fifth year in a row trying to get healthy like that family man they've had some serious bad luck so i feel bad for them but i don't know man i I still have flashbacks of that time when michael porter jr went up for that dunk on the fast break and just couldn't jump at all like that was kind of scary honestly and his back was an issue even before he got to the nba yeah two years yeah yeah I'm sure if you're Denver and you wrote that giant check, though, you're not nervous at all about this whole thing. I'm sure they're totally relaxed. It's fine. Nothing to worry about. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. By the way, Contavious Caldwell-Pope just signed a two-year $30 million extension with Denver. So pencil that guy in once again for close to 30 minutes a game. Contavious Mm -hmm. Caldwell-Pope, the year is... 2030 2031 and he's he's getting 27 minutes a game in the nba that, that guy just stays on the floor no matter where he is so i think we're we're in line for another year of like low level fantasy relevance for kcp give me those 13 points and one steal i'll take it <laughs> yeah yeah is nikola Jokic the nba version of shohei otani is he just gonna waste away and Denver and hmm. never. It's a little more extreme uh, with the Angels, I'd say. The, the, I mean, the Nuggets are at least a you know a playoff team. I don't know, man. If if Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are healthy and Bones takes on a step, I feel like the Nuggets are dangerous, man. Even just Jokic alone with a bunch of scrubs, I feel like they're still a really really stacked team. And Jokic is just that good, right? And they have Demarcus Cousins. So, wait, is he signed? I don't know. Did they I'm sign him again? Did I miss that? No. He's he's on the depth chart, but I, he could be an unsigned free agent. I don't even know. I, I would imagine they bring him back though. I didn't. I didn't spend as much time in the film room with Boogie Cousins uh, this summer <laughs> as I have with old Vic. 
All right. More to come and specifically some summer league performances that do and don't matter for fantasy. But first, we're going to take a very quick break. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in Major League Baseball on the PGA Tour and the NASCAR circuit. We also have a special contest on Tuesdays and Thursdays called Battle of the Bets, where you can agree or disagree with our experts for a shot to collect some cash. All right, guys. We've got some uh, names here. These aren't. This is not meant to be an exhaustive list, but I kind of went through and pulled some obvious names, I think, and some slightly less obvious names. Looked at their summer league numbers and just let's just talk about our takeaways. What what do we think this means for fantasy? And we can file this under. Yeah, this matters. I mean, or or not. If you if you don't think it does, let's start with the most obvious guy. That's Chet Holmgren. It's a little tricky compiling these summer league stats because you go to. So some websites and, you know, if a guy was playing in two different places, we don't have like cumulative stats. So I had to go through box score by box score and put this in a spreadsheet, guys. I just want you to know the amount of work that went into this. Wow. Chet Holmgren, five games. My math has him at 14 points per game, 8.4 rebounds, 2.8 dimes, 1.6 steals, 2.8 blocks, 1.6 three-pointers. I mean, let's just say that again. 1.6 steals. 2.8 blocks, 1.6 three-pointers. We've seen great games from Chad, including that first game. We've seen some duds, so we're kind of getting, you know, do I carry over 14-8 and eight straight to the NBA's his rookie year? Maybe not, but the defensive upside, Jonas, is is right there, and it's tantalizing. Yeah, I'll have to check the math, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was really, really impressive. Like, me and Steve, I think a couple months ago, we are like, we're, there's no way we're drafting any Thunder players. Like, yes, I'm tempted, right. But I've actually seen a couple of drafts, like way too early drafts, just floating around online, and people are taking Chet in the third round. That seems a bit pricey for me. I mean, I mean, if he's going in the third round, I don't know if I can do that. Like, I'd much rather wait. Yeah, I think you. Know? you yeah, congratulations, you, whoever you are, you got him. Yep, you did <laughs> you it. Played yourself. Third round, he's yours. That's a bummer. It's gonna so. 
early indications are it's going to be very hard for us to get Chet Holmgren. And so, I mean, yeah, these are summer league numbers that that matter, Steve. I mean, I think we're seeing again. Do I don't say well those those will be his numbers during regular regular season, but I think we we are getting a, a clear sign that all of this is going to carry over in the categories that matter. The thing about Chet's summer league, and it, it was weird because it seemed like every time I I worked a summer league game, Chet was playing and I was covering that game. So I watched literally every minute of Chet summer league uh, that has happened so far. And there's what one or two, one, one more evening of summer league left. And I don't think Chet will play in that one. I don't know if that is out there or not, but they played him tons of minutes. They put him in late in games to, to get that late game experience he was running the floor. He was bringing the ball up the court. He was playing center. He was playing point guard. He was doing everything. He's bigger than everybody else on the court. He was blocking shots that these, you know, Richard Jefferson and his mates, uh, the the officials, these are young officials that are learning their way. Young NBA referee Richard Jefferson. Yeah. You know, they're trying to get in the league and become officials. They weren't doing a great job half the time. He got so many blocks taken away. He had so many crappy calls against him, and yet he still looked better than everybody else on the court for the most part. Like, I don't know, man. I, I've sort of – Brandon Robar is the the beat writer that covers Chet Holgram, and he and I have sort of become like blood brothers over this Chet thing. And I'm sure we're going to be buying each other beers uh, when he comes to Atlanta because – we love Chet, and we're not ashamed of it. And is the third round too early for Chet? I think it is. I I was hoping that he would be there in the fourth or fifth round. I could I could totally see me taking Chet in the fifth round of yeah. every draft I have this year. No, um, Jonas, I can hear it in Steve's voice right now. Steve's taking him in the third. Steve, <laughs> in about a month from now, Steve's going to plant his flag and take him late second. It's going to be hilarious. I can't wait. I do tend to draft guys that I like about a round or two earlier than than I say I'm going to. So yeah, yeah, and you hit you more guys than might you miss be onto though, something. You here. do hit more than you miss. I will get credit. Thanks, Jonas. Jonas, did you want to add anything else about Chet before we move on? I can't top what Steve just said. So no. <laughs> I uh, you said you said we need to check the math. I'm pretty sure I'm right. But... No, you are right. I was just messing with you. Okay, okay. He does. He's got a five steal block, a five steal game. He's got a six block game. Uh excitement all around i think he's going to lead the league in the two-handed volleyball style spikes this year just <laughs> yeah. the straight stuff like like two hands up near the rim just just stuffed um we've seen at least one of those i think multiples well the block he now. had the block he had the other night they got they got overturned they called it they called it goaltending like his hand was well above the square the top of the square and mm-hmm. he went up and got this ball on its way up and when he blocked it 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 got stuck on the foam that surrounds the backboard and they, they yeah. thought he pinned it and it was just a trash call and it was an incredible block. It was, it was his best block of summer league erased. All right. Well, moving him up to three blocks per game. Then if we add, go one, ahead and give him to me in the first round, first round, <laughs> Steve's Steve's passing on Luca. He's taking chat. Number one, overall pick Palo Bancaro. We've only seen him twice. I believe but mm-hmm. in those two games, he has averaged 20 points per game, five rebounds, six assists, two and a half steals, a block, and a three. Now, I think there's an eight turnover game in there. So 
you know, let's not overlook that, but exactly six assists in each of his games, four steals and two blocks in one of those games. I think Jonas, I'm most intrigued if we want to take anything away from a two game sample by the assists. I mean, I think uh, Bancaro is a guy who's going to have a pretty well-rounded fantasy line right away. Yeah. He's throwing the ball behind his back. Like you can just tell, like he's confident as he can be right now. Uh, the only weird thing about Orlando is, is they have like eight, like legitimate bigs, right? You've got Paolo, yeah. you've got Franz, who I think should be a four. Um, you've got Isaac, God bless him. I mean, I don't know if he's, is he healthy? We haven't heard anything, right? <laughs> I Someone, someone said he was spotted courtside at a summer, at okay. summer league. I mean, I love Isaac. I, I hope yeah. he's healthy. I mean, he's such a good player. We, remember, he was almost a first rounder, what, like two years ago before the injury? That dude's a beast. Yeah. Um, I mean, they got Wendell Carter Jr., Mo Bamba, which was weird that they brought him back, right? That was kind of strange to me. I don't know. Yeah, weird, um, but I mean, I don't know. I kind of I kind of like – I don't like it for fantasy. I like right, it for yeah. real life that they're like, we drafted this guy. We, you know, we developed him. We want to, you know, keep it going. Absolutely, yeah. But anyway, so. like, it's just tough to project the minutes in Orlando right now. But, man, Paolo, in, in terms of, like, just popping off the screen, I think he was in that top five for sure. He was really, really strong. Two-game sample. What was interesting is we had that Chet versus Paolo night lined up. And then Orlando's yeah. like, guess what? We're not playing Paolo anymore. That That's it. You get two games. We've seen everything we need to see. I mean, I get that, but Orlando hasn't really hasn't done anything since Shaquille O'Neal and Penny Hardaway were there when my 27 year old son was like two months old. So <laughs> I don't really trust y'all in Orlando to, to tell me that you've seen enough. You've seen everything you need to see while my boys in OKC are running their guy out there every night, grinding him into the ground in summer league. They don't care. They they tend they save their players to rest during uh, the second half of a regular NBA season. Summer league, you got you got to run them out there. So I just think that it was shady that they only played him two games. Maybe he was hurt. There was a report of an ankle thing, and he talked with trainers about it. I, I kind of get it, but come on. And and maybe maybe Orlando's gun shy because we haven't seen. Uh, Jonas said Jonathan Isaac was a first-round pick two years ago. I feel like that was more like five years ago. I don't feel like I've seen Jonathan Isaac in three and a half, four years. Okay. Um, <laughs> so what, uh, what do I take away from that? Where am I? <laughs> what I? What? Where am I? This is me. <laughs> this is me. The headphones are on the forehead. What I take away from that is. Steve's kind of got a little bit of a grievance against the Magic and Paolo Bancaro over this summer league shutdown, and somehow it's going to affect where Steve drafts Paolo. That's where oh, I yeah. ended. Out. I'm out. Steve's out. I, I, I no, think he, Paolo, he looks amazing. He looks amazing. I'm, I love him. I, th I think it's going to be maybe more of a just really nice across the board stat line for Paolo Bancaro. I don't know if we're going to look back at his rookie year and say, man, this guy really won you this category but i think it, he could be a guy who does a little bit of everything is my is my guess that's my kind of my right now projection for him as a rookie and we've been joking about jonathan isaac but i mean that's a big if jonathan isaac somehow plays this year <clears throat> that has a huge impact on palo i think 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think Paolo's getting his minutes. I mean, the number one pick is getting his minutes no matter what. I think Isaac can affect the other guys. I, I don't – I just don't see him putting a – like, Bancaro's playing 30-plus minutes. That's happening, period. Yeah. Even though you don't like him, Steve. I do like him. <laughs> I'm just mad at okay. the magic for sucking yeah, for that's so fair. long. Okay. <laughs> Number four pick, Keegan Murray, according to my math, has played six games and is sitting at 22.4 points per game, 7.3 rebounds, 1.3 steals, only 0.3 blocks, and 3.03s. But overall, Jonas, uh, just another guy where you just start to say, man, this guy is ready right now. We're not necessarily penciling him in for 22 and 7, but I think he's on our fantasy radar right away. He was a absolute monster in college in terms of numbers his final year and i think he's ready to produce right now he just he just has that look yeah i mean i wanted i wanted the kings to take Jaden ivy um i thought he was the probably the clear pick in my opinion but man keegan has probably been the most impressive player of the summer league i don't think that's a question at this point yes chet's been amazing too but keegan has been the most dominant right now on both ends too so and if you look at that roster you could probably pencil him in for 32 minutes right now and not mm-hmm. bad an eyelash. Like he's so good. Um, he's probably moved up two or three rounds just from this summer league alone. He seems like the safest one of these guys to draft in fantasy to me. Like he just looks like he belongs out there. He knows what he's doing. He he knows that he's playing for the Kangs, and he knows that that gives him a free pass to do whatever he wants. I think he I think he's the favorite for the rookie of the year right now, and I think he. He's the guy out of all of these guys uh, that we saw in summer league that I think is the, the safest third, fourth round fantasy pick. I think it hurts his rookie of the year odds though that he is playing in Sacramento because not many people watch them. You know what I mean? Like I feel like statistically, yeah. yes, he could do it, but I don't know if he'll get it because because no one watches the Kings. I also don't think when you say third or fourth round, I think if you're talking about taking Chet Holmgren there, I can understand it because you're you're taking a huge swing for blocks i think keegan murray i don't know what's his what what does his rookie year look like is it six 17 16 17 points and seven rebounds i i don't know you know with some steals and and a block and some threes i think he's going to be really good right away but i'm i'm hesitant about reaching for him because i don't know if there's one category that he's going to dominate for me i think he's another just he's a good he's a good player and he's ready to produce right now but if the adp gets too high i'm gonna i'm gonna tap the brakes on that one too yeah that's a good that's a good point i mean he's not gonna get you a ton of blocks and a and a ton of steals enough that it's gonna probably make him worth where you're gonna have to take him just as far as a complete ready nba player absolutely good to go but you're right uh third round is probably too high for a guy that's not going to get you any blocks i'd love it i mean if i'm seeing him there in the middle rounds though i'd love to take him i just don't know if he's going to fall that far let's throw out a player comp maybe a rudy gay with a better three-point shot you know it's funny that you mentioned that jonas because i was literally just thinking about rudy gay a second ago so Hmm. mind melt there you go mind melt happening here i send it Uh, to you i like that i like that uh, and yeah, Keegan Murray. I mean, looks like just just looks apart. I mean, he's he's got the he's got NBA size and seems like he's got every shot in his bag. You know, catch and shoot, can take people down the post, everything. So, like it a lot. We talked about number three pick Jabari Smith and his upside the other day. I don't know that we need to rehash that conversation. 
I really like him. I'm really high on him. You can check that out if you haven't listened to our Wednesday podcast. Do that. But I want to talk about another Rockets rookie here, and that's Tari Eason. In four games, I've got him at 16.8 points per game, 10.3 rebounds, 1.8 steals, 1.3 blocks, 1.3 three-pointers. I feel like there's uh, this is this is a, a fantasy super sleeper when it comes to rookies, Jonas. Where are you on this yeah. guy? I'm going to throw out another player comp here. A modern-day Gerald Wallace. Oh. Yeah. I think, Terry, I think the hardcore fantasy people are just going to be all over this guy. Like, he just screams fantasy upside. And not just summer league, too. You look at his college stats. He was at 1.9 steals and 1.1 blocks. Um, he hit 35% of his threes. Like, there's offensive upside there, too. Like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of in on this guy. I think it's going to be a really, really big sleeper fantasy this year. I feel like he's landed in a great spot, too, Steve. I mean for you know having an immediate path what was he the 17th overall pick so i mean mm-hmm. they have a pretty pretty reasonable investment in him to where they're going to want to take a look steve are you are you with us on this one yeah some somebody needs to play a small forward i don't know if it's jabari or, or eason but they both can't play jabari can they... jabari can play the four I, and i think that's what we're hoping and then yeah. shangun at the five and put eason at the three well, yeah, it's basically Terry doing. Easton and Jay Sean Tate right now. I mean, I don't even know if Usman Garuba, he, he sprained his ankle but didn't play in summer league. They were really high on him last year, and he didn't hardly play at all, too. So he's kind of like the forgotten man. But, yeah, I think Terry Easton may be the favorite to start at the three right now. Yeah, well, we need to update our depth chart. Uh, I, I, as I'm looking at our depth chart, I see the name Josh Christopher, and it struck me, Jonas, when yeah. we were – when we were having our bonding session on Wednesday night over some of the summer league games that Josh Christopher was trending on the road world search page. I like Josh Christopher as a player, but I'm not, I'm not worried about him. And I, he's more of a, he's, he's a more two. Of a one, one, two. Yeah. yeah combo well, guard kind of. Is, I think he dinged his ankle or something. And, and he was one, he was like the fifth most searched player, uh, NBC sports edge slash road world. Wow. Uh, on Wednesday, that's how you know it's July. I was like, Josh Christopher is trending. Uh, something is wrong. But yeah, <laughs> if Easton's going to start at the three and get thirty minutes a game, I, he's going to be a super sleeper in fantasy this year. All right, we're we're going a little deeper here, and I want to talk about Hornets rookie Mark Williams. First couple of summer league games, he came off the bench, didn't do a lot. Wednesday, though. In the starting lineup, 12 points, 8 rebounds, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Followed it up with a 6-point, 7-rebound, 4-assist, 1-steal, 2-block stat line in his next game. Also in the starting lineup. Starting to get some momentum. Where are you at with this guy now, Jonas? I mean, this is a guy that I was excited about after the draft. It's mainly Mr. Squeaky Dimes himself, Mason Plumley. He has to beat out at center, I think. Squeaky Dimes. And I don't know. Good to see him getting to the starting lineup, even though it's summer league and, and getting some momentum after a couple of duds to start. Yeah. Look, I wanted the Hornets to take Jalen Duran there two years younger, similar prospect. And they ended up trading for a late first. I hated that, but look, Mark Williams was probably the next best player at that position. They took him uh, in a vacuum. He should start, but it's Steve Clifford we're talking about. Like right. rumor has it that Steve Clifford has been staying up into the late hours, drawing up plays for Mason Plumlee. Uh, like, <laughs> I just don't know if the minutes will be there right out of the gate. Maybe second yeah. half of the season when the fans just scream for Plumlee to get off the floor, honestly. 
But yeah. do they throw in Kai Jones in that in that rotation too? He looked okay apart from that game where he decided to take 10 three-pointers and missed every single one of them. Fans were just like groaning every time he shot the ball. It was hilarious. But to be fair, Kai Jones is a good player too, a good prospect. But yeah, I don't know if he's a sleeper or not just because I don't think the minutes would be there. Clifford does not play rookies that much. Like That's a good that's a good point, Jonas. That's a good point. And you know, you read about Mark Williams. He's he's standing with his arms outstretched. He's like nine nine feet nine. So he can basically stand on his tiptoes and hang on the rim like Sean Bradley could, like Boban can. And Sean Bradley and Boban are more like kind of freakish niche players. They're they're not Sean Bradley had a good career, but I just feel like Mark Williams is more on a Boban path than he is like a Mark Eaton path. I don't know. I think, I think Mark Williams is a, is he's not a modern NBA big man in the sense like that he hasn't out, you know, a three point shot, but I think he's a, from, from everything I've heard, I think he's going to be able to like switch and stuff and, and play and stay on the floor. I think once he gets there, were we saying the same thing about bowl bowl? No, Bobo just different. Stay healthy, and he didn't have like yeah. basketball IQ. Mark, I, Mark Williams, I think, I think is going to stick. I, yeah. but I think Jonas raised a good point. The question is when. Yeah, like Mark Williams is a good player, and like the, the reason I'm not comparing him like the Bobon thing is like Bobon gets played off the floor defensively, right? Because he just can't keep up. He's slow. That's not going to be a problem for Mark Williams. Like he's a good yeah. athlete, and his I think he was the best shot blocker in the NCAA last year. I have to double check that, but he was really, really good defensively. I think that's the one thing that may get him on the floor with Steve Clifford because he's a defensive-minded coach too. So right. maybe, maybe he can get into Clifford's good graces soon. Right, but we may need patience. I, I think that's yeah. that's a solid way to put it with mm-hmm. Steve Clifford now there and James Brago, inexplicably gone. They've re- what a yeah. that was so, strange. I kind of like yeah. James honestly. I know, I know. I, I definitely liked him in terms of fantasy. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a couple more names here. And one of them is a guy I mentioned earlier. That was Quentin Grimes. It, just in the context of if this guy gets traded to Utah and they're cleaned out, here's what Quentin Grimes has done in four summer league games. Scored no fewer than 22 points in any single game. Has hit for exactly 24 points in three of his four games. So overall, that puts him at 23.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, 4.3 assists, 1.3 steals, 3.8 threes. He had an eight assist game in there. I just think if if this guy lands in Utah and we think that roster is as bare as it could be, watch out. Yeah, and, and they were using him as a point guard for stretches too. Like that's exciting too, especially when you look at Utah's roster. Like they have Jared Butler, right? That's pretty mm-hmm. much it. So I like Grimes. I just want to see this trade happen sooner rather than later because you don't want to like have Grimes still on New York's roster and you take him like, expecting this and then something doesn't happen like hopefully we get some clarity soon but yeah if grimes goes to utah like i think he's gonna be one of the buzziest names at the second half of drafts for sure yeah i mean and and steve the hawks wanted this guy last year when they traded cam reddish to the knicks and the knicks basically said no i i think a lot of teams are kind of eyeing this guy and i i don't know that it can happen on the knicks which is frustrating but i'm just i'm hoping that this happens because i'm excited I feel like Knicks fans love Quentin Grimes and like Knicks fans want to see him play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Tibbs. <laughs> Tibbs. And did you guys see Tibbs at uh at Summer League? Wasn't no. he sitting with Cam Reddish too? 
Or no, that was Leon Rhodes. Never mind. He looked exactly like he looks when he's on the bench. His arms were crossed. He had a scowl on his face, and he was just. Why am I here? Why like why, why am I here watching these young guys? I need to go eat. Where's Luol Dang? <laughs> I came to see Dang play. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. Uh, oh, Quentin man. Grimes uh, in Utah would be fun. I think he's gonna be fun on the Knicks. Actually, I, I. I they have to let that kid play. I don't know that they do. I I don't know that they will. But it's not. It's a nice sentiment. I think we're hoping. I think it's Utah or bust for Quentin Grimes here at this point. Yeah. Last name I have on my list, guys, is Jonathan Kuminga, who is averaging, I believe, twenty point three points per game in three games, but more turnovers than assists. Three point seven turnovers, two point three assists. I think he had a twenty nine point game. I mean, he's really flashed at times. We all like the player. But, but Jonas, I wonder about his outlook this year. I mean, yeah, the Warriors did lose Otto Porter and Gary Payton the second. They also added Dante DiVincenzo. I just don't know. I mean, is there really a path for Kaminga to, to shine enough in the regular season for him to be on our fantasy rosters? I mean, I like him right now as a late-round sleeper, honestly. We have to keep in mind, too, the first game of the Summer League was a disaster. Apparently, he just got off a flight, and they just threw him in there, so there was jet lag. Mm-hmm. So if you take that game out of the equation, like he has a really, really monster stat line. They used him as a pick-and-roll guy with uh, James Wiseman. That was really fun to see. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. there are minutes there. Like, Otto Porter's gone. Uh, they're probably going to rest their starters a lot more this year, right? You got Kevin Looney will never play 82 games again in his life. Forget about it, right? That's not happening. Um, they're going to manage Clay Thompson still. They're going to manage Curry. Uh, yeah, I think Kaminga has a path to late-run value. We just got to worry about free-throw percentage and the turnovers, like you said. I love Kaminga. I'm not... I I will I will draft him every I'll draft him in the tenth round over and over and over again if he's sitting there. Um, it's not a matter of it's not a matter of if he can play. It's all about how many minutes he gets for that team. And if he gets right. twenty three twenty between twenty three and twenty five, I'm good with that. I, I I don't think he needs more than that to be really productive. And you know, you just look at his his stat lines from last year. It was hit or miss. It was a big game, then three quiet games, and then a big game, three quiet ones. But he's got a year under his belt. Steve Kerr, I think, likes him. And like Jonas said, watching him run the pick and roll with Wiseman was fun. He was throwing dimes to Wiseman. I, I, I love Kaminga's game. I think two years from now, Kaminga is going to be a monster. We talked Benedict Matherin the other day. Uh, I think we're all, we all like him, generally speaking. So check out that Wednesday episode if you haven't already. Guys, before we go, though, any parting or final thoughts or any other players you want to mention before we get out of here? Everybody Not satisfied? I know of. I'm trying to think. I mean, That's we weren't trying it. to cover everybody, but I but just wanted to uh, give some summer league takeaways. Everybody good? Steve's got his headphones. Oh, wait. We, oh. Have, uh, we have some business to take care of. Steve's putting on his birthday hat. Steve is – do you have any of the party pipes, Steve? He does have the party pipe, but it doesn't make noise. It's a noiseless party pipe. I'm double checking because also we have, you know, Steve, wait. So it's Tobias Harris's birthday today. It's also. How did you find this out? Basketball reference. It's also Damian Lillard's birthday today. Whoa. Big one. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. And we, for his birthday, we got him a two-year, $120 million extension. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Derek Favors, Steve. How old is he? It's Derek Favors' birthday. How old no, is he turning? Not. Today, Steve? 47. Yes. 
46. <laughs> He's 31. Okay, can I tell you something real He's funny? Fine. The only person I know that blocked me on Twitter right now is Derek Favors. It was just randomly I found this like <laughs> six weeks ago. Derek Favors is blocking me on Twitter, and I'm just I'm distraught. Let someone let him know that I'm I am distraught. Wow. <laughs> Blocked also, by Derek Favors? I got blocked by Derek Favors. I don't even know how. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Steve, if anyone should be blocked, it should be yeah. Steve. Because Steve I've is been, always saying how old he is. I've been blasting Derek Favors for like seven years. I should have been I've blocked never, I've never before. had anything against Derek Favors. And I'd like to wish him a happy birthday as well as everyone else I just Happy mentioned. birthday, Derek. Happy I'd love birthday, to see you back on Derek. my timeline soon. <laughs> Tobias, Damian. Happy birthday Derek. to Luke Cornett as well. Oh, Big birthday for him. Derek, we know you're watching. Um, can you please unblock Jonas Nader? That's just not right. My buddy, Zach, well, mutual friend of the show, Zach, uh, Matt, you know Zach. He was blocked randomly by Chipper Jones, and he's still not really over it. It's been like five years, and he just, he's like, I don't That's know why upsetting. he blocked me. I don't know That's what happened. That's upsetting if you're a Braves fan. Happy birthday, Derek. Happy birthday, Damien and Luke. And Tobias. Nice. It's that's the, party. Also, that's the that was the whole reason we put the party hat on. Was that's the party service. pipe, party pipe blasting into the microphone is what you heard there. By the way, Dame Lillard in the second round this year is the easiest path to a fantasy championship, hundred percent. Dame in the second I'm, round. Yep, Dame in the second. Dame has been going in the second round of these these drafts. I've been watching. I'm like, dude, I, I feel like he's healthy, right? I feel like he's, he's going to get into the first though. I, I just think he's going Maybe. to. But when if are we going to? If you're right, yeah. I'm with you. I was shocked when I saw it. When are we doing a way too early draft? That's a good question. Know, we need to do one soon. You know, Steve, let me talk to the uh, let me talk to the planners. You you were on the party committee. Let me talk to the planning committee. Maybe and, uh, uh, Matt. Maybe we could do a uh, a two man two man draft. a two man draft. We could. Um, I got to see who's here next Friday, but you know, one of these one of these days soon. Let's do a way okay. too early draft. Right. I love that idea, Great. guys. This has been uh, enjoyable. For me, I hope it's been enjoyable for everyone listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate and review us as well. Programming reminder one more time. We're not back Monday. We're not back Wednesday. We're back next Friday. We're going to be here on Fridays for the next bunch of weeks through the summer. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and watching live. Jonas, Steve, thanks to both of you. I will talk to you both soon, I hope. Thanks, Have guys. Have a good weekend. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.